seven letters with Revelation, you know, messages to the church from Revelation. This is uh, part three. And uh, last week we talked about Ephesus, right? So this week we're going to talk about Smyrna. And the thing about Smyrna is these verses, they're only four verses, right? Eight, nine, ten, eleven. And uh, these are verses that we can overlook, right? And I've been guilty of it because we don't fully understand much about Smyrna. The reason why we don't fully understand much about Smyrna because outside of what's written here in these four verses, Smyrna's not mentioned in the Bible. Right? So now, unlike Ephesus, Ephesus, we had a whole ton of information in the scriptures. So with Smyrna, we have to go into church history. And we have to go into history. And it's important because that will give us more of a concept as far as why Jesus wrote what he did to Smyrna. Smyrna is one of two churches where there is no correction brought to them, such as Philadelphia. There's no correction brought to Smyrna. So Smyrna must have been doing something right. And out of all the seven churches that Jesus sent these letters to, Smyrna is the only one that exists today. Right? So unlike where he's talked about where we talked about last week about the lampstand going out, Smyrna's lampstand didn't go out. So Smyrna must have did something. Smyrna must have had something going on which was different than the rest of these churches. Right? So Smyrna, like Ephesus, was a seaport. It was about 40 miles, I think, 40 miles east of uh, Ephesus. So Ephesus, was we talked about, was a booming city. So Smyrna was a booming city, but not quite as populated as Ephesus. But people, it was a trade port, so that means people came through Smyrna. Right? So Smyrna was... Back before Rome became the world empire at that time, Smyrna started to get into a little, I guess a little, I don't know if the word competition or riff is not the word I'm going to look for, what I want to say, but I guess similar to that, with uh, Pergamos, another city. So Smyrna foresaw Rome coming into being a Roman, Roman empire. So Smyrna started to submit unto Rome and suck up to Rome. And like Ephesus, Ephesus was full of idolatry. So guess what Smyrna became? Full of idolatry, right? But Smyrna took it to a different level, right? Smyrna, they decided to, well, we know that there was this, uh, emperor worship, right, under Tiberius Caesar. So Smyrna received the rights to basically with that temple for people to come and worship Caesar there. But Smyrna took it another step in a, in a, in a sense of they decided to, when Domitian was uh, the emperor, he instituted full worship of him, and then that's where Smyrna became full-blown, and we're going to worship the emperor. So why is that significant? Because Domitian was the one who tried to boil the apostle John in order. Domitian was the one who sentenced John to the Isle of Patmos, right? So John, according to history, was the pastor here. He lived in Ephesus, but he planted a lot of these churches here, these seven, these seven churches, right? So now, if Domitian, if he could take care of John, that's a leader, right? So that's a hit to the church, right? So now, how does that look to a church like Smyrna? Because let, let, I just want to read some, some, some true stories of some real-life Christians. So there's a man named, and I, don't know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but... Uh, Smyrna is in um, modern-day Turkey now. Okay, it's considered modern-day. All these seven churches that I mentioned in Revelation are in modern-day Turkey. 
So, here's a man, brother in Christ, Hans Jurgen Lovin, who was a believer who was forced to leave Turkey. This is his quote. The only reason I can think of for forcing me to leave is that the people, that we are people of faith, and at times we have shared our faith with the local people. We can't relate to that, right? We're not forced to leave our house. We're not forced to leave our neighborhood for sharing our faith with the Lord. But here, Brother Hans is forced to leave a country just for sharing his faith. Why? Because Turkey is populated fully Muslim. Well, not fully Muslim, about 98% Muslim is what I want to say. <laughs> but I guess to the natural eye, it is pretty much fully Muslim when you're dealing with 98, 99%. All right, so here's another one. A woman in India watches as her sister is dragged off by Hindu nationalists. She doesn't know if her sister is alive or dead. Why? Because she was a Christian. Right? In Pakistan, there was a 13-year-old Christian girl who was kidnapped by captives and forced to convert to Islam and marry her captive. We can't relate to that. Right? We, we can't relate to that. So what, what, what do we say to people like that? Right? These are, this is what Smyrna had to deal with. Right? A man in North Korea in prison camp is shaken awake after being beaten unconscious, then beaten again. Why? Just for his Christian faith. A woman in Nigeria runs for her life. She has escaped from her captive. She is pregnant, and when she returns home to her community, she will be rejected, her and her baby. Why? For a Christian walk. What, what, what will we say to these believers here? According to what we've been taught in the American church, what would we say? God bless you. Blessings. Right? God's not a respect of persons. Right? This is what we've been taught to say in the American church. So, when we read these four verses, we kind of overlook these things, not realizing what our brothers and sisters in Christ are going through. Right? And it, it didn't just start today. It started way back when. Right? But these are things that we can overlook. And... and, and Basically, not give attention to, right? You know, and I reflected because it, it dawned on me this week that I had the opportunity. Well, I did. I had the opportunity to minister to a church in Pakistan twice, and I was like, and this was probably about once was six years ago, and once was five years ago. Maybe once was five years ago, four years, ago, somewhere around there. And I reflected. I was like, what did I say to them? I said, what, what did I say to them? Because at that time. While I knew the word, my mindset was different. So I went back, thank God for email, because, you know, I save all my stuff. So I, re I, I kept thinking this week, I said, I'm going I'm to figure out what I say, and then I went back today and found what I said. So one of my messages was, in uh, 2016, was on love, love being unconditional. So that's what I ministered. And it was, and in Pakistan, the Christians are persecuted, so... All these Christians were inside of a home, having church, side by side. And that's what I preached on, love being unconditional. And, and I reflected, and I was like, well, dang, did I give a good enough, you know, did, did I do the word justice, because, or did I teach it the American way? And then my second message was on, uh, in 2017, was on encouragement, forgiveness, and I talked about Barnabas, how he was an encourager, right? Because this walk, that we have, it's not about being blessed. It's, it, this, this, is a, this is a journey, right? So we have to be encouraged during this walk. Amen. 
right? And we can't relate to these brothers and sisters in Christ going through because we get to come and go in this country, right? That is a blessing that we were grateful. But here's the thing. These brothers and sisters that I read about, and even those in Smyrna, would give anything to be in each and every one of our shoes. Amen. But how much in the church today in America do we take it for granted? Right? We show up late to church. Right? These people will probably beat me here. I'm usually the first one here. Some be Phil beat me here. I'm definitely doing the Wednesdays. Phil beats me here. <laughs> but they will be the first ones here. And they will be the first ones here in prayer. Why? Because we have freedoms they don't. So these are freedoms that we overlook. And we like, you know, we got people coming. I talked about, I think it was last week I talked about how a mother and daughter came into church just talking. We got people coming to church on their phones. These people can't relate to that. These people are so in love with Christ, they're willing to suffer and die and not give in. But yet, we come to church, nonchalant, don't care, whatever, and then we expect to handle persecution like they do? It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly. So what would we say to them? Have faith? Count it all joy? <laughs> but, you know, these are things that we have to think about. Right? These, these are real life situations that, that our brothers and sisters in Christ are enduring. And we just overlook. Right? We get upset just when our car doesn't stop. Start, rather. Right? We, we get upset about that and say, oh, the devil's after me. No, it's just mechanical wear and tear. Right? We get upset about those, right? And we get all set, you know, can't find this job, or this person did this. These people are being tortured and beaten for their faith, right? And then, even during COVID, we're upset because they closed the church doors. Oh, so the government's trying to shut us down after us, but these people are being beaten and tortured, right? But yet, we're, see the difference in the mindset? They have a different mindset. Listen to these numbers here. Just in the last year, there have been 5,898 Christians killed for faith-related reasons. 5,110 churches and other Christian buildings attacked. 4,765 believers detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or in prison. We can't relate to that in this country. 3,829 people, the number of Christians abducted for faith-related reasons, just for being a Christian. Just for being a Christian. See, Smyrna was a very proud city. They had a lot of, a lot of uh, libraries. Um, trade wines would come through there, so a lot of people would come through Smyrna, right? So I talked about how Smyrna basically inter, uh, introduced and received the rights to emperor worship. Right? So it's important for us to understand that as we get into Revelation chapter 2 when we read on Smyrna and what these believers were going through. Right? And, and this is a timely message because I received an email from a megachurch pastor, not personally, but just a general thing, and it, it made me want to bomb when I read it. I'm like, we're not reading the same thing. And I, I'll, I'll get to the email in, in, in a little bit. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 2. Verse 8. 
And see, when I talked about the uh, emperor worship, understand this. All they had to do was this. Burn a pinch of incense and declare the emperor as Lord. And they're good for you. And they receive a certificate and they were good for you. Right? That's all they had to do. And they come and go and do what they want. Right? But as Christians, we can't do that. Right? Right? So now, just imagine. Smyrna was a place where it was a lot of jobs there. Right? But now, because you won't declare Caesar as Lord and you're going to declare Jesus as Lord, now you can't work. You got your little kid. Mom, dad. Just say Lord. Just call him Lord so we can eat. Right? Saying jokingly, but you know, it, it, it's that's what these people are faced with. And if they couldn't work, how they, they they can't eat. Right? So now, what else? They get beaten, thrown in the prisons, executed, put to death. Why? Because all because they wouldn't declare allegiance to the emperor. Right? So once again, now, how we have Christians today, and I'm sure it's just not in America, where we don't want to come to church. How much do you think that the church of Smyrna would have loved to gather together? Why? To encourage one another based on what they had to face. Amen. So they wouldn't face it alone. Right? This is why we're not to forsake the assembly. Amen. Right? We, because the enemy would like us to be isolated. Right? And I'm sure there were probably some Christians that did fold. Right? But there were many who did. Like the Apostle John. Alright. So keep all those things in mind as we read these verses. Alright. So Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. And to the angel of the church of Smyrna. So, I talked about the last couple weeks that the angel of the church of Smyrna was the overseer, the elder, the bishop. So, according to church history, we know that the bishop in Smyrna was Polycarp. Right? He was instituted there. He was established by John. There. So this is who Jesus is writing to, Polycarp. And we'll talk about talk a little bit about him towards the end. Alright? These things says the first and the last. So, I talked about it. Same thing. This is not the first time we've, we've heard this. Right? The first and last. Jesus is the beginning and he's the end. He's the creator of all things. Right? We, 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 we don't have to focus in on the middle so much. Right? Jesus is the beginning and he's the end. And these were not new words to them. And I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Because Isaiah 44 6 says this. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first. I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. Amen. Right? So this is what they had to stand on. Caesar, Emperor, whoever. They're not God. Right? These athletes today, they're not God. That's right. These musicians, they're not God. Right. Right? Jesus is God. He is Lord. That is the Messiah. That is who we look to. These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. Now I reflected on that. We know as Christians that Jesus walked, he was crucified, he died, and he came back to life, right? So why would he need to remind them that he was dead and came to life? We all know that, right? We all know that. But could it be on what they were facing, on what they were going through, right? We're going to get to that. See, the word Smyrna actually means myrrh, right? So myrrh, what happens with myrrh? With myrrh, you have to crush it. And as you crush it, it begins 
to emanate a, a, a fragrant scent, right? So that's what Smyrna was being done. They, they were being crushed. But each time they were being crushed, each time they were being crushed, each time they would not fold, it released a scent to the Lord. Amen. Right? Sometimes we go through things and then we whine and we complain, but the Lord is just crushing us. But we have to endure. So if we endure, guess what? That fragrant scent goes up before it. Praise God. He says, verse 9, I know your works. So we read that before. I know your works. So again, no matter what we do, the Lord knows our works, right? He knows our hearts. So we know according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, what we don't do from a proper, pure motive will be burned up in the end. Right? It's going to be burned up in the end. So when we stand before the Lord and he's bringing all the works and all the things that we've done in our life as believers, Right? What we didn't do from a pure heart. What we did just to, to impress this person. Or get a like on Facebook or social media, whatever it is. It's going to be burned up. But the things we did for him, the things that people didn't even know we did, it's going to last. But even the things that are burned up, Scripture says we'll still be saved. Right? We'll still be saved. But... We, we have to learn to do things out of a pure heart and pure motive, right? So he says, I know your works. So just like Ephesus, he knew the works of Ephesus. He knows the works that are going on in Smyrna amongst the believers, right? He also says what? I know your works. Tribulation. I know what you're going through. I know the hardships you're facing. I know the fact that they want you to declare this man a man Who's serving the devil, Lord. I know. And then if you don't declare him as Lord, you can't work. You can't eat. You're going to go in the Colosseum. You're going to go to jail. I know the tribulations you're going through. But yet, here in America, we go a little bit of something, and we're ready to leave the Lord. These people are willing to die. They were willing to die. Amen. Right? They were willing to die. I know your works. Tribulation. And poverty. That word poverty means destitute of riches. That means extremely poor. Right? We're not supposed to. They're not, as Christians, in the American gospel, we talked about last week, we're not supposed to be poor, right? Yeah. That's what these mega churches prosper. And it's not even just mega churches. So let me not even blame that. It's not even mega church, right? We're not supposed to be poor, right? But Jesus says here, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty. Why? Why were they poor? Because they weren't allowed to work. Why? They wouldn't sell out on Jesus. They wouldn't give up on Jesus. So they would rather starve instead of selling out to Jesus. My life is not my own, right? That should be... When we sing that song next time, it should have a different meaning to us. Amen. Right? Because we want to hold on to things a lot of times. Right? I want my blessing. I got to have my blessing right now. No, no, no. These people had to endure. They had to endure suffering. They had to endure persecution. They had to endure pain all the way to the point of death. My life is not my own.
I know your works, tribulation, poverty, but you are rich. So, in the natural, you are poor, but spiritually, you are rich. In America, guess what? We're materialistic rich, but we're spiritually poor. We got it backwards. We have it backwards. And I think I said this a while back, that I used to, seriously, I used to pray this, that, Lord, please let persecution come. I did, because that separates the real from the fake. Right? Because when persecution and tribulation come, those that walk with us, that appear to be walking with us, they ain't going to be walking with us. Right? They're going to sell us out. We're going to get to a couple sellouts here in a minute. Starting again from the beginning of verse 9. I know your works, tribulation, poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, for all the synagogue of Satan. So those who say they were Jews but are not. Why? Because what they were doing is they, these Jews were selling out the Christians. Just like they did with Jesus, that's what they were doing to the Christians in Smyrna. Centurion, Centurion. Got a group of Christians meeting over there. Let's go get them. Let's drag them to the Colosseum. I ain't a guy. Right? But then we will have people today in America say, oh, well, you know what? They're Jews, so they're forgiven. It's okay. No. They got to be born again, too. Look, this is Jesus saying that they're the synagogue of Satan. But why would he say that they're the synagogue of Satan, that they're not true Jews? Let's turn to Romans chapter 2. Jews are. See, we get caught up in it. Yeah. Just like we see in the New Testament in, in church when Jesus walked, how the Jews got caught up in, oh, we were born of Abraham, so we're the true Jews. No, 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 no. Let's see what the Bible says who the true Jews are. Romans chapter 2, beginning at verse 28. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. So it has nothing to do with our flesh. Right? But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit. That capital S spirit. Not in the letter whose praise is not from men, but from God. So it's that one who follows Christ. Right? So even though these people were calling themselves Jews, they were the synagogue of Satan. Because they were working for the devil. Right? Philippians 3 and 3 says this, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Right? It is a matter of our heart. So guess what? You are more of a Jew than some of these people here. According to the scripture. That's right. Amen. Alright, so, I'm going to read verse 9 again. Because now I'm going to get to the email. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty. But you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. So here's, here's the email that I got. I ain't copied it all, but. So, I'm going to begin with this. It says here, according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, poverty is a curse, the result of Adam's failure to obey God's word. Okay, sin. Alright. Let's keep going. Because Christ has redeemed us, we are no longer under the curse of the law. 
But God doesn't control whether we live in poverty. We control. Is that what we were reading in Smyrna? And what they had to go through? Because, so basically what he's saying here is, oh, no, you're wrong because you're poor. But they were poor because they refused to sell on Jesus. Amen. Right? But this is the God. This, I guarantee you this went out to millions of people. And I ain't going to say all of them, but a lot of people said amen when they read that. What else did he say? It was, it, was not, it was not the decreed will of God for his people to be poor. However, God will let you be poor if you, if you let you be poor. Does that make sense according to what we read here? Just in verse 9. Right? So what scripture are you reading that you will come up with that? Many Christians accept poverty because they believe that's just the way they should live. Hmm. Well, even our brothers and sisters today that are going through this, right? The one in Pakistan, right? Turkey, Afghanistan. Christians are being persecuted, not allowed to work just for being Christians. And you're going to, see, that's not the gospel. The gospel can be preached no matter what time of century, no matter what situation, to anybody, rich, poor, middle class. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. I'm not going to read no more. <laughs> I'm not going to read no more. Amen. Amen. So let's turn. No. All right. We're back in Revelation. Uh, all right. Verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. That word suffering means bad, bad plight. Sickness. Why? 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 Why would he tell them not to fear those things? Why? Because he's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. Right? And when we look at these seven letters, right, it's all about endurance. Right? We, we haven't been taught to endure. That's not the message we get. We get taught to sprint. Right? Because sprinting is better. At least for me in the natural. <laughs> At least for me in the natural. I'll be honest about that. <laughs> I hate distance running. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's harder to, to walk this walk sometimes. Right? Because we have to endure. Right? We have to learn to stop complaining about the little things because like I said, every one of us in here, these people that I read about that are living today from 2018 to today that are being persecuted, they will give anything to be in our shoes. But we're complaining about the littlest things. Right? These people are being persecuted just for living out their faith. And these are things we take for granted. And we murmur and complain about every other thing. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. So... There's different opinions on the word uh, 10 days, whether or not it's 10 days or through 10 efforts. It doesn't matter. They're about to have tribulation, be thrown in prison for at least 10 days, whether it is, we know it's not pretty. Right? 10 days. Be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to come and deliver you. Right? He doesn't come and say, I'm going to give you a blessing. He said, be faithful unto death. That's right. But what do we want? We want deliverance, right? We don't want the hurts. 
brothers and sisters all through the centuries. Right. And, and, and we don't even go through what they've been, what they've gone through. But he's saying, look, do not fear. Why? Because I'm the first, I'm the last. He's not looking. Jesus didn't come to give us a way of escape. He wants us to endure. That's right. He wants us to endure the trials, the tribulations that we go through. And I promise you, if you go, it doesn't matter what it is, regardless of what you think about Voice of the Martyrs, Open Doors, if you go and you read them and read what these Christians are going through today, it should change your outlook. It should change your mind. Amen. It would. Like I said, they would give anything to be in our shoes. And guess what? None of us probably would trade places with them. We wouldn't. We would say we would, but we wouldn't. Because we, we have it good here. And see, the problem with us having it good here is we're getting some vomited gospel, just like I just read in that email. Right? And then we got Christians that are learning this stuff. And this is why anytime we as Christians in this country, we, we, we suffer any little thing, the whole world's about to end. It's either the whole world's about the end or the government's after us. One or two. Right? But yet, we have not been faced to where for Biden to say, hey, Phil, Byron, y'all need to call me Lord. Right? We, 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 we don't understand that. Right? Because we, we, we haven't been placed in his shoes. Right? And, then, and again, that goes back to that song I mentioned a few weeks back. Walk a mile in my shoes. Right? We, we have to understand what our brothers and sisters... That's why I've been encouraging y'all to pray for our brothers and sisters that are being persecuted. It's vital. Why? Because they need the strength to endure Amen. these things, right? Some of them, like I said, some of them probably will be nice with Christ, right? But many of them are standing tall. Right? They're standing tall. Why? Because they're not afraid to die. They're willing to, they're willing to give. They, they're not concerned about their life, right? They're not concerned about their jobs. Right? They're not concerned about the car, the house, the things like that. Right? And, I, and the Hebrews talked about it. Right? They, they talked about the people of faith. They were wanderers. Right? Wanderers in, in, in deserted places. But we get to go home. Right? And then even if our home is not there, we get to stay with somebody, get to go to a hotel, somebody will take us in. Right? God forbid our house burns down. Then you have other people coming and give us stuff. But these people don't have that. They're like, I see you all because they're born again believers. And they won't renounce Jesus Christ. Verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. See, as Christians, y'all have heard me say it before, we're not to be concerned about death. Right? We should be concerned about the second death, not the first death. Why? Right. The first death, if we die, we wake up in the presence of the Lord. The second death is eternal separation from God. That's right. Right? So now, when you hear, you think about these Christians who were in Smyrna. Just, there's a story about a, a father and a son. They get placed into uh, the Colosseum. They're about to get the lines released on them. Son looks up at dad and says, Dad, is it going to hurt? He says, for a little bit, but don't worry about it. We don't have to 
have to fear. Right? And they stand tall. Right? Why? Because. See, that, that, that young boy saw the relationship that his dad had with the Lord. The Lord is God. Right? So we got to ask ourselves, what are our family members seeing in us? Right? What are our friends, our co-workers seeing in us? Right? Do they see this watered-down message that we do? Hallelujah! Right? But then we, we're not going through this. And it's funny, you know, you'll be in churches and you'll you hear people, I think we talked about it last week, you hear people say hallelujah, but then as soon as something goes wrong, they're complaining. They're complaining. Right? Not these Christians in Smyrna. Right? So, I talked about uh, the Polycarp, the bishop, at the beginning. So, uh, like I mentioned, he was the bishop of Smyrna. Right? So, Polycarp was a disciple of the Apostle John. At the age of 86, he was burned at the stake for refusing to announce his faith in Christ. They kept telling him, all you got to do, all you got to do, just renounce your faith in Christ Jesus. And you'll be set free. This is what he says, his words. For 86 years I have been his servant, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me? We should all be. Amen. Right? That, that's how we should all be. See, because when we when we read these first verse, these, these these four verses in Revelation, we can overlook it. And the, and the title for most of your Bibles is probably going to say the persecuted church. We can overlook it because we don't understand persecution in this country. And I've, I've said it before. What these pastors are talking about persecution—that's not persecution we're going through. I could care less if they tell us to to uh, close the church doors down. Nothing prevented us from going in our house. Right? Just like that church in Pakistan. How they were gathered there just to hear me. And it wasn't just me. Other people that ministered in all the times. Right? Not knowing that if somebody came in there, they were going to be dragged out, beaten, arrested. Right? But I'll still be in the comfort of my home. But they putting themselves in danger. Why? They enjoyed the word that much. Right? But we in America, no, I'm going to go to football game this weekend. No, nah, I'm not going to go to church today. I'm going to just watch it on YouTube. No. No. As I said, these people, every last one of them, would give anything to be in our shoes. Amen. Right? And, and, and again, we, we need to reflect on what will we say to them. Right? What, what, what do we place ourselves in their shoes? Right? Is it about, oh, God bless you. Count it all joy. God's not a respecter of person. And, and that's not even what that means. Right? That's not even what that means, but we interpret it that way. Right? And I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. Right? I know I'm probably stepping on some toes. I said I step on my own toes too. I've been guilty of some of the same stuff that I'm talking about here. Right? But we have to start taking this walk seriously. Right? Because understand, before this country, there's a story I heard y'all heard me say before. Oh, persecution is gonna come to us. Right? Because it begins in the house of the Lord. Right? And there's going to be a lot of Christians, self-proclaimed Christians, that are going to fold. Right? Why? Because we don't get this. We, we, don't, we don't read about the pain and the turmoils that our brothers and sisters in the early church had to go through. No, it's all about blessings and healings and things like that. Right? No, we got to learn to love Jesus regardless of the situation. 
right? It may not make sense to us, right? It doesn't make sense how the same leader killed James, the uh, Apostle John's brother, but then let Peter walk. It doesn't make sense to us, right? But we would say, well, God's not a respected person. Well, one died, one lived. He let one die and go to glory. He let one live and walk away. Because it's, it's not about being a respecter of persons. That, that's not what that means, right? He's not a respecter of person when it comes to salvation and Amen. judgment. Amen. Right? So even though James killed, he got killed and died, guess what? He went to glory. So he didn't have to worry about the second death. It wasn't Peter's time to go yet because God had another mission for Peter to do. Amen. Right? We don't need to worry about when somebody else's time to go. We need to worry about ourselves. I'll walk. That, that's what we need to worry about. And, and this walk is not for the faint-hearted. It's not. Right? It, 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 it's, it's an easy walk, but it's not. It's not an easy walk. It's an easy walk if we submit and we surrender to Him. Right? And it's not, it's, it, and it's not even about an emotional walk. Because in a lot of music we have today in a Christian church, it's about emotion. That emotion will run dry. How about getting... Music that has the word in it. That's speaking the truth. Oh, but it doesn't have my beat. So I can't relate to it. But it's the word. But it's the word. So what difference does it make whether it has a beat or not? But I, no, but I like a little whining in it. No. That's not, that's not how things are supposed to be. Right? Jesus is Lord. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're facing, Jesus is Lord, right? No matter what pain we're in, right? Jesus is Lord. Right? And it's funny that I felt this way even coming the last days, the last couple of days, feeling this way. And I had to laugh. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm preaching this message on suffering. <laughs> so I have to endure, right? So I made a point. I was tempted to say, well, Marsha, you might be up. Phil, you might be up. No, you wouldn't let me do it. Right? And, I, and I had a feeling it was going to be like that. Right? Because I got to practice what I preach. Praise God. I had to practice what I preach. Right? And, and that goes for all of us. Right? So it's time out for the games being played. And when I say games, uh, you know, I'm talking about we have to take this walk serious. Amen. Right? It's, it's when you reflect on these Christians. And I encourage you all to, to start researching and looking up Christians that are being persecuted today. It will make you, should change your heart. It should change your heart, right? And you, you're going to see, and y'all have seen it already, but it's garbage, just like that, that email that I read. It's garbage. That's, that's not the word. That's not the Bible. But he had a little bit of sprinkle, a little truth in there to get the Christian captive, right? But then he took it and twisted it for selfish motives. And I ain't finished reading the email, but I'm pretty sure he probably asked for an offering after that. Right, but how about we send our offerings to the people overseas who are struggling? Right, that that's something I, I I'm going to do. Y'all y'all pray about what y'all do. That that's what I'm going to do. Right, I don't know what you know. I probably got some concerns about some of these people that run some of these organizations. I don't know them, right? Because some of them do make a lot of money, right? And then when I see that, and then I have, then I see how our brothers and sisters are still struggling just to eat. I take issue with that, right? But Ultimately, God is in control, right? It's God's money. 
right? He, he will recognize what I want to do in my heart, right? Because he's leading me, right? Amen? Amen. All right, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father God, oh Lord Jesus, we just thank you. Lord God, I thank you for the example. Yes. For this church in Smyrna, Father God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that they, I thank you that they, that Smyrna still exists today, Lord God. And it was for a reason, Lord God, that they didn't give up on you, Lord. They endured trials and tribulations, Lord, because they loved you, Lord. And it's an example unto us and every believer out there, Lord, that we would not give up on you, Lord God, not give up on our faith, Lord. It's not about our precious lives in this world or the materialistic things in this world. But it's about you. You are Lord. You are the beginning and the end, Lord God. And I just thank you, Jesus. I just pray right now, Father God, that you would just touch our hearts, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we will not take things lightly, Father God. Lord God, I pray right now, Father God, even for our brothers and sisters, Lord God, who I've read about, and those who I don't even know about that are suffering, Father God, just for their faith, Lord God. I'm praying, Father God, for endurance for them, Lord God. That that faith will fail them not, Lord God. And I'm praying for endurance for each and every one of us, Father God. In the name of Jesus. I'm praying, Father God, for everyone in here, Father God. For us not to compromise, Lord God. Your word. Our relationship with you, Lord God. I'm praying that we would take this walk seriously, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Father God. I'm praying, Father God, that, Lord God, that... We are prepared, Lord God, for what lies ahead, Lord God. For you didn't, you didn't, you didn't rescue them in the natural. You didn't rescue Smyrna in the natural, Lord God. But you told them to be faithful unto death, to endure, Lord God. So I'm praying, Father God, that we will be faithful to the end, and that we will be that we will endure, Lord God, and not be afraid of the first death, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord God, I just pray even now, Father God, for those that couldn't be here today, Lord God. Yes. Watch over them, protect them, O Heavenly Father God. I pray even now, Father God, that even those that may hear this word, Father God, through the podcast or YouTube, Lord God, Lord God, that their hearts will be touched, Father God. Yes. In the name of Jesus, Father God, that we will not go through church as normal, Father God, yes. in this country, Father yes. God. For this is not the true church, Lord God. This is not what you call the church. We are not a resemblance of the early church, Lord. And, Lord God, I ask you to forgive us, Lord. Yes. Forgive us, Father God. Forgive us, Father God, even as leaders, as pastors, as believers, Father God, for you mapped it out for us, Lord God. Help us not to neglect the reading of your word, O oh, Heavenly Father God. But I pray that, Lord God, we will be studiers of your word, Father God. Yes. Showing ourselves approved, not to man, Lord God, but to you, Lord God. That we will be faithful unto you, Lord God, all the way to the very end, to you call us home, Father God. That we can hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant, Lord. I pray that you watch over us throughout the rest of this week, O oh Heavenly Father God. Continue to keep us, Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, not look to the left or no to the right. Yes. Help us not to be distracted, Lord God, by the cares of this world, Father God. Or not even help us to not to be distracted, Lord God, by the entertainment of this world, Father God. Yes. Or the riches of this world, Lord yes. God. But help us to have our eyes on Jesus Christ, Lord. Yes. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. 
each and every day. Speak to us even as we sleep, Lord God. And Father God, I pray even now for our unsafe family members, Lord God. I'm praying that they will come to a point where they will accept you, Lord Jesus, into their hearts and they will believe on you, Father God. It is not your desire that they will have that road to Damascus moment, Lord God. But, Lord God, that they will surrender on their own, Lord God. Yes. So I'm praying for our unsafe family members, Lord, that you will soften their hearts, Father God. And help us, Lord God. Help us to walk in humility and to be examples of Jesus Christ before them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. So we thank you. We honor you, Lord Jesus, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 But seriously, I do encourage y'all to, uh, you know, like I said, Voice of the Martyrs, Open Doors, there's another one. And um, I think Open Doors, I downloaded that this week and they'll send out prayer requests, things like that, for what these Christians are facing. Right? And um, things we shouldn't take for granted. But, you know, we can because we don't experience it. Right? We, we don't experience it. We don't see it. Right? Even even what we see on TV, you know, even if it's the news or whatever it is, it doesn't do it justice, all right? But it, it, it's vital for us to pray for them, all right? Because guess what? They may only be standing because of our prayers, mm -hmm. all right? So we, we can't we can't neglect praying for them, right? Mm -hmm. So same way we need to pray for one another, and same way we want to pray for things, we got to pray for them. Yes. We got to pray for them to endure. Walk is real. Walk is real. It's not. It's not. A, not about the blessing and things like that. There's other things I could have read from the email, but you know, like I said, it was vomit. It was garbage. Right? It was garbage. It was somebody used to listen to, but it's garbage. And uh, once you start getting into the real meat and the potatoes of the word, you realize the stuff we're getting. It's like what? It's not good for us. It's like cotton candy, right? It'll stick to our teeth, <laughs> but it make our stomach sour. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Amen. Do you think he sent the same letter to the persecuted countries he sent to the American churches? Right. The, this, you know, this organization, mm -hmm. I mean, they have two different types of letters. They sent one uh, to the persecuted probably country not. Probably and not. one to the American. Yeah, probably, probably not. You know, yeah. Probably not. We would not understand the persecuted letter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be like very foreign for us to understand. Well, that. that well, that's true. But if we understood it from the word, exactly. right? Exactly. We understood yes. it from the word, and then now we reflect on what our brothers and sisters are. Yeah, we don't we don't fully understand what, but you know, some of the stories I read. Yeah. But now that I made it a light, now we understand exactly. that, right? Exactly. But we don't really hear that. When, yeah, so, and the reason why I say I don't think so in reference to him sending a different letter is because these same mega ministries, they're flooding other areas too, right? They're flooding other areas, other countries is what yes. I mean, yes. right? And they're flooding with these nonsense and, and they're duping people there too. Because how can you say to someone who, to a country, countrymen who are persecuted and they have family members and, friends, and they know people being persecuted that... You don't have because, like you just said, uh -huh. flag, right. Right. you know that you're right. poor because of your own choosing. Right. You know right. when you know that your government is withholding 
Well, because he's stuck in American ways. So now, when you're stuck in American ways, and not just America, but we only see from our lens, right? That goes back so to walking sad. a mile in our shoes, you know. So sad. And, and, you know, it goes back to even what I said with Pedro. We don't understand because we don't fully understand because any one of us can call the police. Huh? They're going to show up. He calls the police over there. They're not showing up. Why? Because they're in cahoots with the game. Right? So we, we take things. And see, and then what I meant to talk about, what I meant to mention is some of these people do come over here. Now, just imagine they come over here, but then you have, they get over here. They're Christians. They can't worship over here, but they decide to come to America to get a better life. But then they get told to go back. Right? Not, probably from other Christian believers. Right? Other Christian evangelicals say go back. We got enough of foreigners coming in. Right? But think about it. They can't survive and live over there. But then they can come somewhere like America or Canada. But then we'll turn them away. Right? Or they get what? Dropped off at Martha's Vineyard or something. <laughs> right? We just treat them like property. We treat them like property, right? And I, I, I went through the teaching way back when, on Wednesday, about legal aliens and immigrants. What the scripture says, well, how are we supposed to do, right? We don't know who we entertain, right? So we, we, we just don't know, right? But these are things that we're taught because it, it, it's a system set up by the devil. It's a system set up by the devil. And then we, we get deceived and we get duped into this stuff. And we think it's true because just like what he he, um, he gave Galatians chapter 3, you know, we give a little bit of word, and then we manipulate the word. Right? That's why it's important for us to read the word. That's right. right we got to read and we got to study the word. Like I said, I, I you know, I done read Revelations quite a few times. You know, and I will admit, you get to those four verses there, it's easy to overlook. I can't relate to that. Right, but now you and, and it's like I said at the beginning. It's not that, that that's all that's there on Smyrna in the Bible, right? But now I had to go into church history and research, and now you find out okay why he said what he said to them. You know, but these are things that pastors are supposed to be doing, teachers and things like that, but they don't do because they don't want to research.